day, modern Babylon culture contrarian. This is Ryan Miller. I just returned from retrieving my mail and I shared a photo of a document that I got in the mail from the law firm, which is the school solicitor from a local school district, which is really interesting that uh, this is in response to a letter of intent to sue that was sent to all of the school board members who are violating our oath in their private person capacity. So what I have is a memorial that the school board utilized taxpayers' resources through the solicitor to insert themselves into a case where the solicitor has no standing as he is representing the school board, not in a private civil suit. So what I got is a memorial of him asserting himself, utilizing taxpayer dollars in a place where he has no standing. But I am going to be drafting a letter in response to this document, but I thought it would be very good to share it with you. I am not going to mention some of the names that are mentioned in here, such as the school district and such, but I'll read, I'll read you the things that I can say without redacting it. Our law firm serves as solicitor for the school district. The district shared copies of your March 30th, 2022, quote, notice of intent to file a lawsuit, close quote, addressed to the board president of the school board for our review and response on the district's behalf. Well, they don't have the authority to do that because they're utilized, that's, they don't have standing to insert themselves into a private case, particularly when they're being paid by taxpayers. It's a conflict of interest. It's a fiduciary violation and it's an ethics violation. But that is part of the reason that I had the Gives and Go page up so we can bring this particular entity to the attention of the, the legal review boards for their malfeasance. He continues, the district is under no obligation whatsoever to respond to your pseudo legal documents. Your assertion for damages against the district, that's not correct. These are not damages against the district. These are against individuals. For unspecified violations of your constitutional rights is meritless. Unspecified violations, deprivation of rights under color of law under 18 U.S.C. 241, 242, and 42 U.S.C. 1983, that's pretty specified. If you sincerely believe the district somehow violated your legal rights, we strongly encourage you to speak with a licensed Pennsylvania attorney to discuss those potential legal claims. The above reference document you sent to the district is not valid form to raise legal claims in Pennsylvania. Are you, are you asserting that I'm taking this through some state court? Why didn't you read my document? We also advise that you should follow through with your threat to file civil or criminal actions against the district. It's not against the district, sir. This is called straw man creation, that you're inserting words that I did not use. So this is how you destroy an argument, is you create a fallacy. So I never used the word district because you were provided a notice of trespass. I wasn't provided a lawful notice of trespass. 
you will potentially expose yourself to legal liability for abuse of process and or wrongful use of civil proceedings. These are attempt to be threatening and intimidating types of words, but this man has no clue. I did not receive a lawful trespass. Doctor, the superintendent did not provide a sworn affidavit of a criminal act at a school board meeting, nor did the Pennsylvania state troopers collect or produce a probable cause affidavit. So while you may make this claim, I was not provided a notice of trespass. I was provided with a verbal statement of an allegation that I could be arrested for defiant trespass, again, unlawfully. But, sir, I'm not, gonna re I'm not going to respond to this, this document meritoriously. You have no standing. I'm sharing this for my audience so that they can see the shenanigans that takes place. But I continue. While it is difficult to decipher your reasons for sending the district these documents, again, I didn't send it to the district. I sent them to the private individuals. We sus suspect you have objections to District Policy 903. Well, sure I do. Policy 903 is unenforceable because it is a clear violation of constitutional rights. If enforced, it is completely fine for the school board to ask for you to introduce yourself, and it's completely fine for them to ask for you to provide your township but that does not translate to an obligation, duty, or burden for any citizen to identify themselves or provide the residency under any threat because we all have a Fourth Amendment protection to be secure in our persons, papers, properties, and effects absent of a warrant based upon probable cause. See, the attorney fails to understand that there's a constitutional oath which these people are bound by. Now, they can choose to violate their oath, and they have. They have chosen to violate that oath by attempting to enforce a policy, not a law. I'm a law-abiding citizen. Policies are for employees. Maybe that's something that would require some further research by some other people. He continues, School Board Policy 903 fully complies with Pennsylvania's Sunshine Act and other applicable laws. Laws? Can you please enumerate the laws? with regards to allowing members of the public to address the school board at its public meetings, when a law violates a constitutional right, according to Marbury versus Madison, it's repugnant. So please produce the law that obligates me to surrender my Fourth Amendment to exercise my first. Please show me that law, because I'll take that one to court as well. The Sunshine Act only, per oh, this is in bold italics, the Sunshine Act only permits school district residents and taxpayers to address the school board. Correct. I'm a taxpayer. Indeed, I am a taxpayer. And that is what our policy provides. Again, that's a policy. Policies. Who is the enforcement of policies? We understand that in our society that enforcers generally come with a gun. So tell me what branch of our government is the policy enforcers? There are none. The board is asserting themselves or assigning themselves an authority which they don't have. And they're moving forward to create additional authorities that they can delegate additional authorities to school members to steal private property from private citizens. How ridiculous is that? But anyway, additionally, it is our understanding 
that at a previous public board meeting that you intentionally lied to the board of directors as your township of residents to speak during the public comment portion of the meeting. Interesting use of words, sir, in the word of intentionally lie. When is someone lawfully accused of telling a lie? Counselor, was I under an oath when I stood before the school board? Did I raise my hand and pledge and attest to anything that I said? As you know, the word would be more appropriately stated, I misrepresented, I may have mischaracterized, I may have even misstated. But the only basis which you could assert a lie is based upon me taking a pledge or an oath bound by something. Very, very clever. But again, the intimidation continues. The policy, unenforceable, also sets forth rules concerning the time limits for public comments and expectations for proper decorum. I love they continue to return to this time issue when they have an abundance of leftover time. Since I've stepped foot onto that campus, they have spare time. I've never encroached upon the time limits of three minutes. They just don't want me to speak for three minutes. Very interesting. And proper decorum. Please provide the, the definition of decorum. Is someone standing against standing firmly upon their constitutional rights a violation of decorum? That sounds like a Murdoch v. versus Pennsylvania violation to me if you're going to establish some fraudulent representation about decorum and you're not assigning that I violated the time limits nor the decorum. I appreciate that. Again, these rules comply with applicable laws and rarely have to be enforced since the overwhelming number of people who attend our public meetings are this school district residents or taxpayers. Respect established time limits and keep their comments focused on school district business and do not otherwise interrupt our meetings. Mm. You're not alleging that I interrupted a meeting by attempting to speak to the school board with a written paper that I was prepared at the appropriate time, the appropriate place, and the appropriate manner speaking specifically about policy 903 at the public comment period where we were supposed to speak on agenda items. Interesting. In your unsubstantiated threat, you wrote that policy 903 violates Marbury versus Madison. Hmm. The U.S. Supreme Court decision addresses the legal principle of judicial review, which is the right of our courts to declare legislative action as being unconstitutional. Interesting, a policy is not a legislative action. It is an action taken by elected officials that it's not legislation. It's not voted upon other than by the board. It is an action taken via fiat because they're violating their oath. We can assure you that policy 903 is constitutional. Oh, my question isn't about the constitutionality of the policy, counselor. It's the unlawful enforcement of policy 903 because the actors of the school board are asserting authority that they can terminate and silence someone's speech because it doesn't comply with their policy. Now, if they hadn't have done that and citizens willingly surrender their, their name and their municipality, that's totally fine. That's on the citizen. But a citizen doesn't have an obligation or duty and the crime is silencing the speech of a citizen who is a taxpayer, who is an advocate, and has clients in the audience in the district to advocate for those parents. 
So I'm not claiming the policy is unconstitutional, but again, I don't need to respond to your presentation or arguments, counselor. I don't. So let me continue with the, the further ramblings here. We can assure you that the policy 903 is constitutional and the school board has no desire to interpret or enforce that policy to deny district residents or taxpayers the right to address the school board in its meetings. Well, unfortunately, sir, evidence is counter to your narrative. The school board has enforced the policy to the detriment of taxpayers. This particular citizen was denied the ability to speak. So that statement is not supported by evidence on the record on video, several videos and growing videos and documents. They have every intention of enforcing that policy. And I'm not the only victim. There is a, a grandmother that attempted to speech to advocate for her grandchildren who she is a taxpayer. Oh, by the way, she also provides money to her family to support her children's education and extracurricular activities that is being used by the school. So she has standing, even in the narrowest way you would want to interpret the, the term taxpayer. You are aware that only 47% of the school's revenue comes from residents. You are aware of that, right? The remaining dollars come from other taxpayers that do not reside in the municipality. So that's why you will not expand on the taxpayer claim. You can't. But anyway, to avoid any potential confusion going forward, we must make it clear that the district is not going to respond to any more no affidavits, notices of default, notices of claims, or other similar documents that you prepare and send to the district. Sir, I'm not sending them to the district. As much as you attempt to create this straw man for me to attack the district, I'm not doing that. These people have flagrantly avoided reading the color of law violation, the warning to say, stay in your lane and honor your oath. They have, when you violate your oath, sir, you're acting in your private person capacity. You are representing this as the school solicitor, their board in their official capacity. And I'm sure to, in, to protect their qualified immunity protection, but that's null and void. When they were warned on January 24th of their color of law violations enumerated in 18 U.S.C. 241, 242, and 42 U.S.C. 1983, they shrugged off their oath and they're acting in their personal private person capacity. Qualified immunity is gone. That is why, sir, that I've spent sufficient time to give them adequate time to go to the appropriate counsel. The appropriate counsel is a civil rights attorney because their, their qualified immunity is gone. You, sir, have no standing. I am not speaking to school board members anymore. They are actors. They are portraying that they are in this position under color of law. So I, my strongest recommendation, you're asking me to go seek Pennsylvania attorney for my communication. I'm going to re rebuke that right back to you and say, you better get in touch with the con contact with the civil rights lawyer and that you're improperly advocating and providing advice on something that you apparently may not have knowledge on. I, it, it appears that you haven't read those statutes and that you're offering something off the cuff. Now, I would caution you that you don't have standing to insert yourself to make 
one, produce this document that you sent to me because you don't have standing. You're acting in conflict of interest to the school board. Any bill that the school board should receive for this should be paid by the, the private people that are sitting on that board acting as actors. No school citizen, private resident should have any financial tie to this document whatsoever. The district has no obligation to directly communicating with you regarding this matter. Absolutely, you didn't have the you had no standing to send this letter to begin with, but will not respond to your baseless legal claims. Again, speaking to a licensed attorney if you truly have legal concerns would be your best course of action. Yeah, I I I have no interest in corresponding with you, so I'm I'm going to draft a response that's going to be very short and sweet. Yeah, yeah, Mister. Esquire, counselor, I've been in receipt of your document dated April 13th. And uh, you're, you're correct. It's inappropriate for me to discuss this matter with you because you're acting outside of your fiduciary and contracted responsibility. All of this document is making reference to a district, which I have no, I have no conversation with the district. I'm dealing with private employees, private citizens rather. I'm not dealing with them in their official capacity. They violated their oath. So you have no standing. And I am going to suggest that this the amount of money that you have spent referring to the school board and counseling them on this has been done in a, in a, a violation of your ethical code. You misstepped. So I'm going to be requesting the documents that verify how much money you're charging the school to insert yourself into personal consultation to private individuals at the taxpayer expense. Sounds fraudulent to me, particularly when my document was pretty clear in that. Now, you may have chose to skip over and ignore those elements of the document. You probably chose to ignore reading the USC codes and you're making statements that policy is somehow enforceable on a private citizen. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna enumerate those points in my response. I'm just gonna say thanks for going on the record that you are inserting yourself into a private personal legal manner of private citizens. This is not related to the district. All of your comments relative to the district's position are moot. Have a nice day, bless your heart. So I'm gonna scan this document and I'm gonna upload it into my archive of evidence along with this podcast so I can share it and it can be a matter of the public record so when I do go into federal court, because I'm not going into the, the state, the, the, I'm not going to go into a state. I don't need that Pennsylvania attorney. I'm, going, I'm, I'm taking, I'll do this pro se, sir. I'll do this pro se. And I, I loathe to use that word because that's trying to put legalese onto something. But I can go in representing myself. I don't want to embrace the, the language or the art don't need to. The judge is more than willing and capable and is prepared to assist me as I bring my case forward. So, sir, you're just going to get a short response. Thanks for going on the record that you are representing the district when these I'm litigating private citizens and you have violated your fiduciary responsibility and agreement with and, and good faith with the citizens. You have violated good faith and the school board is complicit well. They took something that was a private service and are seeking the counsel of someone they shouldn't have. And I notified them as such. But you know what? 
my point all along has been you attempt to be reasonable, you attempt to be reasonable, you attempt to be reasonable, because it's not reasonable that public servants know their lane. It's not reasonable that public servants know the law. It's not reasonable that public servants would read anything you send them or respond to you. It's not reasonable. So I have to make every attempt as I possibly can to attempt to reason with them and say, hey, stop, stop, check. I just want three minutes to speak. And you're going to go to this end and you're going to die on this hill. I, I'm, I'm totally fine with you dying on this hill. Counselor, I'm not seeking justice. I'm not here to seek justice. I'm here to seek people to obey their constitutional oath, to protect and defend the rights of the citizens. These are elected officials. They're violating their oath that they swore. Now, I understand that that oath is merely a check in the box, that the words that are embodied in that oath have no value to those people, to the majority of them. It's just a checkbox because there's no moral or ethical or any sense of integrity or affirmation that they do to those words because their evidence contradicts those words. So I just look at it as a check in the box. The only way we have justice with our elected officials is to hold them accountable to their oath. And I have to be reasonable because that's what the Supreme Court tells me I have to do. And me seek justice? Heck no. I'm just bringing the evidence and the receipts and documents such as the one I just read before the system in which the Supreme Court told me I had to take it to. And I'll let the justice be determined by the court, not by me, not by me. I'll let them look at the volume of evidence, the archive, and look at what you call this notice of trespass. Can you please have it provide me evidence of this notice of trespass claim that you allege that I have? Produce evidence. I don't have evidence of a notice of trespass. I have evidence of a lot of unlawful statements from some public officials that I do have. And they're falsely representing the trespass law. And they've been corrected and reminded and redirected. But they're standing on that hill too. So yes, this is part of a conspiracy, sir. Part of a very large conspiracy, which you've just inserted yourself to. Which I have no, no issue. I'll just memorialize it, take this, take my audio recording response. And I'm responsible for the words I use. Absolutely. I have to govern the things that I say. That's why I called out that word lie. You said that I lied regarding my representation of the municipality. Well, the only time I could be charged with a lie is when I've done something under an oath, which I didn't do. I, would, I didn't swear to anything. Just ask me a question and I gave you an answer. What was, where was my state of mind when I provided that answer? I was being threatened. I was being coerced. I was being intimidated. I was in duress. You were threatening me, not you, counselor, the school board was threatening me that I can't exercise my First Amendment without surrendering my fourth. What kind of intimidation is that? You shut up unless you bow to my demands. You shut up. You will not be allowed to speak unless you bow to my demands. What if they said that I needed to wear a pink shirt? Is that any different than saying I need to provide my municipality? What if I, they asked me to provide my license plate? Is that any different than asking my municipality? See. Slippery slope of stupidity. 
They don't have the power. They can make the request. Absolutely. They can ask me anything they want. They could ask me what brand of underwear I'm, I'm wearing. And I could choose to answer that question or not. I have no obligation to answer it, particularly when you're going to threaten my ability to speak. Holy crow. Sir, reread 18 U.S.C. 242 and 42 U.S.C. 1983. Go counsel with somebody that knows civil rights law. You stuck your nose in a hole that it didn't belong. And you don't even have standing to sit yourself here. But anyway, folks, I do this from love. I have no animus toward this guy. He's just doing his job. Well, he's not doing his job. He put himself into doing something that he shouldn't have been done. So, part of the journey. Put this in your intellectual pipe and smoke it. Take care. Welcome to Modern...